Happy Hump Day! It is the one and only Public Golfers Podcast. We're here on Wednesday. You know what that means. It's League Day. What else it means is that it's the middle of the week. And you're going to be closer to that lovely, lovely weekend. Uh, here, as always, Dom, here to brighten up your spirits, along with Justin, my man. How's the start of the week been? Cannot complain. No. Um, actually have off Wednesday. I had a half day on Tuesday. So <laughs> had to had to get uh number two in the right arm, if you know what I'm if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Really? How did yeah. you get that? Trade secrets. Wow. Magician never reveals. No, that's um, fair. Let's just say it's good to have friends in high places. Um, who really like you and care about you and know what you do for a living and want you to be safe. (laughs) I was going to say, I only got friends in low places. You know what I'm saying? That's also (laughs) a very good place to have friends, high and low, and those perfect ones in the middle. But, uh, no, after, uh, after that, I actually, I'm, I'm, I, I tried to get nine in as well, just because why not? Wild man. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Wild man. Just shake it all about and keep it moving. <laughs> well, glad that your week is going so well, but mm-hmm. we got a great hot topic here. Uh, more of, I don't even know if you would say it's a hot topic, more of a discussion. It's a discussion, and and what brought it up really was, uh, if you listen to the Monday episode, I mentioned how I, I had dinner with my folks on Saturday night, and my old man was like, you know, He's been talking more golf with me now, I think, than he has in his life, probably. But uh, he was asking me questions uh, because I was telling him about our, our missing links round we were going to be playing on Sunday. And he, I was telling him, you know, yeah, the first hole, I usually hit just a nice, smooth 56. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, 56. And I was like, wedge. And he said, oh, a wedge. Okay. And then I was talking more, and I said, you know, I would hit my 52, my pitching wedge. And he kind of stopped and looked at me, and he was like, well, how many wedges do you need? Which kind of then brought me to the whole idea uh, of our discussion, which is really your bag in general. Mm -hmm. How do you figure out what wedges, what irons, what uh, what higher-end clubs? How do you set up your bag, and how do you continue to develop that bag in order to optimize your game. Um, because like I was telling him, like, I mean, I personally have four wedges, Justin, you probably have four as well. If my math is right, but it wouldn't surprise me one day, depending on how well I'm hitting things, this and that, if I were to go to a sixth uh, or a fifth wedge or something, I know at one point I had two woods in my bag. Now I have one. So we're just going to kind of dive into the idea of the bag of the clubs and we'll probably get into some other miscellaneous comments about the bags themselves as well. Um, so I guess we start with, with the basics of club selection in your bag. Mm-hmm. You get 14 yes. period. You get 14 in your bag. So you can kind of, well, I always look at it as you get 13, right? Because because you're going to have a putter. You're going to have a putter. There's no yep. way around not having the putter. So I've always looked at it as, Hey, I got 13 clubs to play with to cover gaps within my game mm-hmm. of what yep. shots I need to hit. So I guess, yeah, we could start there. Obviously, with the putter, 
I don't really think there's a right or wrong answer with the putter. It's really, and and I know you've joked, but you always are kind of serious when you say, Dom, maybe you need to upgrade your putter. Mm-hmm. The reason I haven't is because, like, and after playing with me at Missing Links, you can probably attest to this. Like, my putting wasn't awful. Yeah. It wasn't the worst. So I think I'm starting to get better with this putter that I have. Will I change it at some point? Maybe, maybe not. But I really think, like, with the putter, there's not too much of a difference from the one to the other. And really, as long as you have one and you're consistent with it, I think that's the the most important point about that club. It's all a feel thing with the putter, right? Some people like, you know, a little bit firmer feel. Some people like a little bit softer, you know, also huge on looks. If you find a putter that looks good to your eyes, that's half the battle of like, hey, you feel like you can line it up the right way. The reason why I always tell you, you know, half jokingly, half not, but mm-hmm. uh, to maybe look at getting a new putter is for the simple fact of putters. There's a lot of new technology within mm-hmm. putters and not as much on the face, but more on the back end. So I know your putter is a little bit closer to probably more of like a blade style. I know yeah. it's got the little kind of loop in the back, but there's not really any perimeter waiting, at least no. from what I can see on it. No. So that was one thing I always thought, like, hey, maybe looking at, like, a spider or some type of setup that's more of, like, a mallet style would mm-hmm. maybe help you be more consistent. But I don't know if, you know, again, at the end of the day, it would have to feel right to you and look right to you, right? And it, it Well, would and be, so if I got a mallet head, I'd have to get rid of the bad motherfucker. You figure it out. <laughs> put it on the wedge. Put it on the 64 just yeah, for fun. Yeah, you put it on the 64. <laughs> But you know, you know what I mean. But even some of the uh, the blade style putters, they they're called like the square backs. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like an in between a mallet and a blade putter, where they're just there's more behind it. Right. That kind of helps with you, you know, off centered hits and and feeling like you can make a more smooth motion. And they've actually and and I don't know how much these would actually help, but they mm-hmm. do do putter fittings. Oh, interesting. Where they have this ultra slow mo camera uh-huh. that picks up i forgot how many frames per second it's something crazy right right and there's all these different lights and everything like that and and there's i think i think the one that taylor made has at the kingdom which is their like premier fitting center right I think the guy said there's like 16 cameras in the room or something that all oh like dissect God. your putter stroke and it will literally show your putter stroke if you leave the face open if you close the face off you know, are you a front and back? Do you, you know, do you open and close it? And they'll mm-hmm. suggest a putter based off of however your putting stroke is. So it can be something as like, hey, let's say you leave the toe open a little bit more, right? Right. Than, than usual. So they can either make the toe lighter to kind of help you close it easier or make it a little bit heavier. So that way, even if you hit off the toe, it kind of still reacts the same. So I don't know. I've never done a putter fitting. I don't know right. if I would trust them, but I no, know because I something. think it's. I get that the putter, the putter, like we said, it's entirely feel. Yeah, it's and just it's, what you. What it's you a relationship like. between you and that. Because yeah. one thing that I did, and and it's it's kind of crazy to think about or whatever, um, is someone that I knew was like, I hate my putter. I want to get a new putter. Whatever the case right. is, right? I was like, okay. I was like. It's something so stupid as this, but I was like, have you ever tried changing the grip? 
Yes, when I changed my grip from like the standard one that came with it to one of those like super strokes. Yeah. I felt like again, mental confidence. But then I also started making, you know, like feeling more as I was putting. Um, and I was able to tell like when I hit it square in the middle versus when I was hitting it off the toe or the heel. Yeah. So something as stupid as that sometimes can save your putter in a sense. Um, right. And I think that will be kind of a reoccurring theme throughout not only the putter, but the entire bag is mm-hmm. it's really going to come down based on you and, and what you're looking to get out of every club. Yes. Uh, that's, that was really like, yeah. Cause obviously I was going to like, I think this is a good jumping off point because I would say club number two that you're going to find in, I would say 98% of bags out there is driver. Yep. You're going to find a driver in every bag, but then, and Justin alluded to this before it's how do you fill the space? Because let's say you hit your driver 250, right? Well, what do you what what's your club for if you have a 220 yard par three? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your club if you have to go to 200? What's your club? You know, you just work backwards down there, and I guess what we really uh, that's how you that's how you have to work it out. Um, yeah. that's how you decide what the other 12 clubs are because, and I guess just to talk about you know, obviously my old what's in the bag video went up on the YouTube channel. Make sure you go check it out. Check out our other YouTube videos that are coming up. Nice. Great plug. when we did that video, I had a three-wood, five-wood, and five-hybrid that, like, okay, why did I have all three of those clubs? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what was really tricky was, like, there were days where I would be hitting the three-wood well. Then days where the three-wood would just be, like, not catching up. Like, the technology wasn't catching up with how hard I was swinging mm-hmm. no all of a sudden someone gave me a nice $50 driving iron and all of a sudden I didn't need the hybrid and I didn't need the five wood because it completely changed the gaps that I had in my game and now I've progressed all the way to where you know I know my wedges fill certain gaps I have one gap in there that's kind of like why I'm thinking maybe another wedge someday but like now I know at the top of my bag, my three wood carry is like 225. My driving iron is about 215, 210. And my four iron, I can get 200 out of. Mm-hmm. And now like, like anything above that is driver and anything off the, you know, after the first shot, that's farther than 225. I know I'm not getting to it. I know I'm not reaching there. So I can, again, play my game. From there. Well, let's not say that because if you haven't listened to Monday's episode, go back. But Dom is working on some new techniques to hopefully reach those long par fives, uh, even if it is outside of the three wood. I won't spoil it. Go back and listen to the episode. It's a good right. listen to. But yeah, I mean, I think you're, I think you're right on there, Dom. Of hey, it's you got to figure out what works for you, yeah, and, and what you like to do. And what I would say on the top of the bag. Um, just to talk a little bit more about, you know, maybe what you should be looking at. So Dom has a driving iron, right? Yeah. That's not going to be the right fit for everybody, right? So Dom naturally has a pretty high ball flight. So he's able to use more of the iron style heads Mm because he's not worried about getting the ball up in the air. His ball goes plenty high enough. 
if you're somebody who maybe struggles with getting the ball into the air consistently, then looking at more true hybrids or even woods Mm -hmm. is a great option as those are made to naturally launch higher in the air easier. I would say the number one thing I see with a lot of people that I golf with, especially, you know, like three wood in that is they can hit it hard, you know, and, and they hit it generally pretty straight. The problem is they just can't get it in the air when they have to hit it off the deck. So using clubs that match up to your game. And I would say the biggest thing is just setting the ego aside, right? Everybody wants to play the nice irons. Everybody wants to play, you know, the driving iron. Everybody wants, you know, I get it, right? There's an appeal to it. But at the end of the day, you're not going to have fun if your clubs don't assist you in your game, right? If your clubs are constantly working against your game, you're not going to enjoy it. Well, and simple analogy for, you know, maybe people who are just starting to get into golf. Um, Justin played quarterback. I played offensive line. Do you really think our shoulder pads were built the same way? No. Do you think there weren't differences between the two that protected my chest a little bit more from every time I would get smacked there versus allowing Justin to have a little bit more ability in his throwing motion? It's the same concept. If you, I hit my irons well, the driving iron is a great club for me. If you don't hit your irons well, or you aren't as confident in your irons, but you hit your woods really well, well then look at a a hybrid, a true hybrid, like more on the wood side of things than the iron side, because that's how you help yourself. It's, which is really what it goes down to. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you just need to figure out how to play your game and what clubs will assist you in doing such. And that's how you fill up those other 12 slots, which I guess really, I, again, like I'm, so my, okay. My 64 wedge has been going about 60 yards when I hit it clean, like when I hit it perfectly. The 56, I know I can get like 80 yards out of a full swing, like a full swing. Mm -hmm. And my 52, I usually use from that 80 to 100 mark, which is why I'm like always constantly questioning, like maybe there's room for a 60 because that 60 degree wedge, I feel, excuse me, would allow me to have that 60 yard shot more comfortably Mm-hmm. Then with the the 64 and not like be in this little weird spot where if I end up between like 55, 65 yards out, do I hit the 56 soft? Do I really try and muscle a 64? Yeah. Which is like the worst spot to be in some days. Mm-hmm. Do you potentially foresee there ever being a time where maybe you retire the 64 for 60 just because – versatility wise and how much you actually are going to use it you know it it may come into play where it just makes more sense because who knows at the top of the bag you know you may want to add something there or whatever the case is right how many many clubs do you have in the bag right now 14 on the dot so the idea of putting the 60 in there would come with the sacrifice of something else so what would you take out on the top end that's the question because like because you're pretty I, slim on the top end, I would say, already. I would say... Because it's not like you carry a driving iron and a three iron. 
No, where it's I like, just, hey, you could give up one or the other, no problem. Right. I got the driving iron and the four. Gap. Right. Yeah. So I would have a big 20-yard gap between the four iron and the wood. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, how many how many times are you hitting 200 yards compared to how many times are you hitting 50 yards? Right, which is why I think I if if the 64 gets retired, we're having a memorial. <laughs> like simple as that. I but it you're absolutely right. It's this is another layer of it too, the practicality of things and the versatility. There's a lot more forgiveness with a 60 as opposed to a 64. There's a lot more range of things that I could really like see myself doing with it. I'd have more, you know, it would be a lot less like thought process in that like middle range between the 60 and the 56. But um, I don't know. Maybe uh, if things, maybe, maybe on Tuesday, that's what I'm going to do instead. Maybe I'm going to go and find myself a, a 60 degree wedge. Yeah. Maybe maybe we maybe we take it to the range and see what happens. I don't know. I mean, the sixty-four degree wedge. It's not like I broke the bank on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say potentially to hold off on getting a sixty degree because you're looking at one. Because potentially somebody might be getting a new sixty degree. This is why you know. This is why. This is why you rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. Who knows what's gonna happen, but. Potentially, someone might be getting a new 60 degree just to finish the set, make right. them all look nice and neat together. Um, Ooh, that's nice. But, but you never really know, right? No. So I, I don't want to. I don't want to tell you the way for sure, but I would say there's probably a good chance. Um, like maybe I'm having a phone call on Monday or Tuesday regarding it. Who knows? Oh my gosh! You know who, <laughs> who knows what what could or couldn't happen. Whatever the case is, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to one other thing, too, that I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on when building yeah. your bag, mm-hmm. uh, strictly looking, obviously, at the clubs and, and everything like that, is understanding your lofts Okay. Yeah. for your irons and how that transitions into your wedges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why this has become more and more of a, I guess, topic is as clubs, as newer clubs, and, and I would say it's more geared along the lines on the player improvement clubs or game improvement clubs and super game improvement clubs, the lofts nowadays are just jacked up, right? Yeah. And it's because there's so much new technology allowing um, them to take off spin, which is used generally from a lower lofted club, right? The lower the loft, the less spin you're going to get. You're right. not going to spin a you know sixty degree less than you're going to spin a four iron. You're just not going to do that. Um, so as that happens, mm-hmm. they're able to do that because of the new technology and obviously newer clubs are able to launch the ball higher, right? So the right. game improvement clubs, you're not worried about spin to stop the ball on a green, right? You're focused on the descent angle to stop the ball on a green, right? Cause how you stop a ball on the oh. green, I know we talked about it. There's two things that go into that formula. There's spin backspin and there's the scent angle, right? So if you right. take one, you, it's kind of a, I forgot what they call it. Um, like a catch 22. Yeah. But there's, where when you take one, you, you're you can't like, give the other. Right. Yeah. Right. So you can, you can give on one, but you, if you want to still hold greens, you can't give on both. It's called, I forgot what it's called. I will figure it out never, 
But if anybody knows, post it in the comments uh, what I'm trying to say here, what the word is. But the idea is, is, hey, you can't give one up with the other. But one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is how that affects the bottom end of your bag, right? Right. So for you, right, how far do you hit your pitching wedge? Pitching wedge is probably like 115, 120. Okay. And you hit your 52 degree about 100 yards, right? That's my 100-yard club, yeah. Yes. So that's your 100-yard specialist. Yes. Which we saw an action there. We saw an action on Monday or Sunday. We did. But that's. There is a 20 yard gap, which really, like, I always am a fan of the thought process of if I have too much club, I can lay off the gas as opposed to if I don't have enough, I need to really muscle this thing. Like, if we're sitting at 110, I'd rather hit an easy pitching wedge, maybe take a little speed off, maybe just, you know slow it down a little bit, then try and say, okay, I need to put some power into this 52. Mm -hmm. Which is, and and that's something you as a player have to kind of decide for yourself. And that's, that's where I was kind of getting at. And I'm glad you said that is, Hey, you have to, you as yourself have to understand, Hey, what is your skill set? Is it something where, Hey, you feel kind of knocking down a pitching wedge and, and you feel confident you can get it at that 115 number or that 110 number. But, as we move on, as you get, you know, a little bit more consistent hitting, you know, striking the ball, I have no doubt your pitching wedge is going to get up to 130 yards. I mean, no. you swing yeah. it hard enough, you know, it's just more of a contact thing at this point. Mm-hmm. So when you get to that, well, now all of a sudden you got another problem. It's like, okay, well, now I'm hitting this 130 and you're 52, you know, you're probably not – I mean, you'll gain some yardage there as well. Are you going to gain 10 yards? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But So it's kind of one of those things, too, where your wedges, you can really specialize to whatever you want them to do, right? right. That's why I, you know, I love that you have the 64 because it's a very niche club and how many times you actually use it. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I, I talked to a guy who's a scratch golfer. Uh, he actually fits for TaylorMade. He's one of the, he's like a traveling fitter. He does it on the weekends. Right. Um, and one thing he said, which was really interesting is he doesn't have all his gaps covered from say 50 yards to 120. He has huge gaps, right? So in yeah. his bag, he carries a 64, mm-hmm. a 60 nice. mm-hmm. and a 52. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Because for him, if he's going to hit 80 yards, yeah, he's just going to choke down and hit like a little punch shot with the 52. That's what he feels comfortable doing. Which, again, kind of ties back to where we started this whole thing. It's about comfort and feel and what you like to play. Yeah, and so that's one thing I just wanted to bring up with the wedges. And, you know, yeah, I give you a little crap about it and, hey, do I think the 60 would be more versatile for you at this point? Yes. But if you're going to cater your game, and here's the thing is, is, hey, let's say you only use that club three times, right? In a right. Right. But it's to save you from potentially having to open up a club face and hit a very difficult flop shot with a 60 degree. Yeah. And you feel more comfortable doing it there. And I, I look at it as – is you kind of have to figure out in your head, well, how many strokes do you think you're gaining with this club? Right. right. So let's say you only use it three times, right? But use it in three really difficult situations, maybe a short side bunker, maybe you mm-hmm. short side yourself on a green. You got to just get it up and down right away. 
on right. those shots, how many shots do you think you're saving yourself having that in the bag compared to a different club in the bag, right? So if that for you, that 62 saves, let's say, five shots in those situations, because you're like, Justin, I don't feel comfortable opening up the club phase. Yeah. Right? I, I just I just don't see it working for me as effectively as this is. And, and that's going to change over time, and that's why your bag is always developing. It's always changing a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But – Okay, great, Dom. If that's going to save you five shots for those yeah. specific shots, because you're, you're probably going to end up getting into those positions. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're going for the green. You're going to short side yourself sometimes. It's golf. It's going to happen. But is that club going to save you more shots than maybe putting a 60 degree and adding another wedge in there, right? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit higher, whatever the case. Or maybe, hey, the, the higher, the, the 62 uh, – and a 60 is going to save you more shots than having a 56 in there. I mean, it's really – got to start thinking about it. And I, that's how at least I – when I set up my bag, mm-hmm. as I look at it and say, how many shots am I saving with this club, right? And yeah. who knows? Maybe if you want to add an extra bag and you look at it, you go, hey, the 60 degree is going to save me three shots, right? Yeah. My four iron saves me one shot. Okay, let's get rid of the four iron. Right. Cool. Because it only, yeah, it's a, it's a trade-off. It's, you know. Yeah, the four iron's going to, and, and I think by breaking it down on how many shots it's going to save you when you mm-hmm. start getting into kind of like those, hey, it could go either way, is an easy way to kind of break it down and, and make it simple for you. Is like, think of a round of 18, how many times you're going to use it, what positions you're going to use it, and if you didn't have that club, how many more shots do you think would get added on there? Right. Right, and that's the that's an interesting other way to look at it. It's all just about how you choose to do it, how you choose to form the bag. What clubs save me shots versus filling in gaps, making sure you have those covered, and really just, I guess the biggest thing too is to just say like the only way you figure out what you want in your bag is to go out and play and figure it out. Yeah, fi- see what, what spots you have trouble with. See what clubs you actually use, right? right? What clubs you don't use. Like for me, I don't have like a driving iron or a hybrid right now at the top of my bag. Granted, no. I, I only carry 13 clubs. So I still have an extra club that I can play with, right? So that's something I've been trying to figure out for me. Is it a driving iron that I can use off the tee for tight, you know, tight fairway shots or tight, you know, off the tee? Hey, I got to get this in the fairway. Would a th- would a two iron work better for me than that than a three would? You know, yeah. would I would I actually pull the two iron out before I pulled out that Nike three wood, or am I better off maybe going and getting a like five hybrid or five wood, a something that I can hit very high, and have settle very soft on? You know, maybe that two ten to two fifteen that or two twenty that I really don't have a club I can hit into that. You know, my four iron can get there. But you know it's a good so it's it, it's all based off of what you what you're gonna use the club for and and like I said I always go with the hey how many shots is this club actually gonna save me in a round right and if it's not gonna save me more than another club would well maybe I should look at adding that other club into my bag instead of the one I was originally thinking makes sense it's logical and I guess that really I mean do you got anything else to say about clubs? I don't have anything else to say about clubs, but I will say the makeup of your bag does not stop with the clubs. No, there are pockets, compartments, 
Um, I mean, things that you need to keep in your bag that obviously need to go places. And I got to say, the bag I got from you, my man, has been outstanding. I mean, I got a pocket on either side. Usually I use one for balls, one for my Bluetooth speaker. Just make sure I always have it in the bag. Um, Then I got a nice little front compartment. Front compartment, I always seem like it always seems to be for, you know, tees and uh, divot tools and ball markers. Just kind of like your your hodgepodge of, of shit in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's really nice about the bag I got from you is that there is a little like cooler sleeve where I can store two beverages. Um, but there's plenty of other pockets as well that I use for that on that uh, <laughs> on that bag as well. Yeah. Well, one interesting thing I think about in everybody's bag, and maybe I'm the only one that does this, but be interested to hear your thoughts. Do you have any lucky charms that you put in the bag? Maybe it's a lucky ball marker. Maybe, you know, it's a tee that you got from somebody and you hit a great shot with it. You kept it in the bag. I feel like golfers are pretty superstitious. So usually there's one or two things I think in everyone's bag that's like, yeah, this is kind of my good luck thing. I would say the only things that like are in my bag that might not be in every other bag is like my putter balls. Just because I feel so comfortable with those. Um Otherwise, I usually keep the superstitious items out of the bags. Um, I guess one item that I usually keep in there to help me play well is beverages. But, um, (laughs) again, that's every golfer. Do you have a lucky item, a lucky rabbit's foot in there? So I have a couple, like, uh, I I don't know if they're lucky or not, but um, a couple quarters that I kept in my bag um, that I just had really good rounds with. So it was like, hey, I was going to play at Whitnell or something mm-hmm. like that after working when I was still working there, right? And I ended up getting grouped up with somebody, and they were playing, you know, hey, they wanted you know, me to mark my ball, right? Right. And I didn't have anything, so I pulled a quarter out of my pocket, and I marked my ball, and I marked it the whole thing, and I shot at that time, say, 10 over par, which was like my best round up to that point, right? Yeah. You bet your ass that quarter has never left the bag. Oh, no way. You know, it's just not going to leave. And, and other things are like, hey, just cool quarters that I found or, or different things like that. And Oh, yeah. Um, so I I think maybe those would kind of be my, my lucky charms, I guess, in a sense, is I have different, you know, ball markers and all that that, you know, give me a smile, rem- remind me of a good time. I think it was I read an article that uh, Dustin Johnson, he keeps uh, – quarters from i think it's is it 67 68 and 69 in his bag okay because that's the score he wants to shoot <laughs> that's solid that's so a, he'll, he'll that's have a, a quarter from 1968 it. and that will be his marker because he said hey i'm gonna shoot a 68 today that's smart though that's real smart it's you, those little mental things right you know oh, do they absolutely. actually work who knows <laughs> But it's all about, I mean, we say it I, at least every week. It's all about the mentality. Yep. We, we dry, if there's one thing people are going to leave this podcast saying is, oh, my God, golf is mental. There's so much oh, mental yeah. in the golf. But we got a tournament coming up this weekend. Uh, yeah. And looking through the, uh, the field again. Do you, do you want to tell them what tournament it is? <laughs> is it because you don't want to? Potentially. The Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. 
Wow. What a name. That was impressive. I wasn't. I mean, it is what it is there. But looking through the field again, another one that's kind of wide open, in my opinion. Okay. Who? Like, it just doesn't. No one's jumping out at me. No huge names. But that doesn't stop me. Okay. Doesn't stop me at all. My lock. What's your lock? If you're ready for it. I'm 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 ready. Justin Suh, dude. Justin Suh. Suh, dude. <laughs> Where Justin. is this guy? In the S's. For Suh. Oh, dude. Puma. Justin Suh, dude. Suh, dude. Suh, dude. You got to love Puma that. Athlete. And you got to love the Puma. Yeah. If if you want. I'm, but that's that's a great pick. Uh, any reason behind any inside inter, uh, insider information? Just, just so, uh, dude. <laughs> just so, uh, so, okay. dude. All that's right. all I need. You want to give your dark horse right now, or you want me to give my lock? Well, I can give the dark horse. I got two. All right. Aaron Bedelli, Badly, Badly. First, like he's right at the top. Just because I love the. The freaking, it's not a phase haircut on this dude. It's outstanding. Yep. Looks like he popped right out of Justin Bieber 2008. Yeah. Wow. But uh, the other dark horse, I got to go with my guy, the good old Italian Dominic Bazzelli. Yep. That's a good Italian boy right there. It's time. It's time. He's going to win this one, and he's going to keep rolling. Yep. All right. Well, I will give you my lock. Okay. Um, and it is Carl, is it Peterson? Peterson? Probably Peterson. Peterson? Guessing by how you, yep, that's usually Peterson. Peterson. Um, and a little fun fact here, Dom. Okay. Carl holds the course record here. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? For the best 18 holes. That's solid. Yeah, you got to like that logic. I'm completely made that up <laughs> oh i i just picked him because he looks like a weekend golfer to me so i oh I'm no always for sure for a weekend golfer he definitely does i kind of feel bad that you took me that serious well i like to base what i do here off of the fact that you usually know what you're doing yeah no so that's i'm going strictly off of that guy looks like i would see him at Whitnell this afternoon probably. on a sunday walking not probably not walking um, he, let's be honest. He'd probably be a rider. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and for the sure other one, be. my dark horse. Yeah. It's not other than Dickie pride. Dickie um, pride for the fact of, I would say top, top 10 all time name. Uh, yeah, no, Maybe for sure. Top five, top 10, if not number five, he's knocking at the door. That's a quality name and I want him to win so that they have to say the winner of this golf outing tournament, whatever is Dickie pride, Dickie pride. Please come get your trophy. So yes, I mean, I just, do you think it's gotta be Richard, right? But at some point he made the decision that he's going by Dickie. Yeah. Or do you think it's, do you think birth certificate says Dickie? No. I, I don't think it's possible, right? He looks. Like, I don't think so. He looks like I mean, a, a mid-aged gentleman. I never go by my full name, and if I was in a golf event like that, I would probably just tell them like my name that I go by, Dom. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Dickie Pride, top 10 name all time. Could be top 10 on the leaderboards this upcoming weekend. I, I really hope he is, just so we can keep hearing them say Dickie Pride. Dickie Pride. On 10 for a birdie attempt. Here we go. We got Hailing out of, I don't know. He's got to be from Florida, right, with that name? <laughs> Hailing Maybe. out of Jupiter, Florida. Dickie He's Pride. the 2018 runner-up at the FedEx Open. Dickie Pride. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, that is a solid name. That's a very good choice. I like it a lot. That is my little bit of my announcer voice. If anybody wants to clip that and send that in, uh, let uh, – you know, Fox, NBC, anybody like that. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. Just hook it up. Just hook a, just hook a, <laughs> hook a man up. Well, Dom, you got anything else to give the people to head throughout the rest of this week uh, before they're gonna see us again? Nothing for me. If you can get out there, enjoy the weather, get around in. Um, that's really all I got, Justin. What about you? Nothing other than make sure you're following the YouTube. Uh, we dropped, uh, well, one of the videos will be released by the time, and that will be the finishing up of our Fairways of Woodside scramble. That will be, mm-hmm. would have been yesterday when this video does come out, or this, I guess, not video, this recording comes out. And then tomorrow, also, go. too, you will have a little fun closest to the pin that yep. Dom and I recorded together. Uh, so make sure you go check those out. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube, subscribe to our Facebook page, the podcast follow us on itself, Twitter. If you haven't already, I mean, there's just so much content rolling out right now. If you're not on the train, get on it because it's definitely going the way you want it. And as always hit them hard, hit them straight, but most importantly, don't quit that day job. We will see you guys next week. Peace.